0: Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger. I wrote a book called Superhero of Love Heal Your Broken Heart and Then Go Save the World. That book is going to be out in January 2019, but I didn't want to wait until that time to start talking to superheroes of love. And guess what? Here's the news you are a superhero of love, and through talking to other superheroes like yourself, tapping into that little superhero inside of you. I'm hoping that you and I and all of us start feeling more and more like superheroes of love, meaning that we love and are loved more than ever before. So welcome. Let's get this party started. Welcome superheroes. We are here. I am here. And chick is there, which is here, there. (laughs) with T-Chick McClure. Welcome, T-Chick McClure.
1: Thank you very much.
0: T-Chick McClure is a major superhero of love who did an extraordinary talk for us at Love Forward Talks on November 11th, 2018. And after you listen to this podcast, you can zip on over to YouTube and watch that YouTube video of the talk. It was an extraordinary talk about his journey, which I will let him tell us about, but I just wanted to check in with Chick now, which is which now almost exactly five months later. Wow. And yeah. It <laughs> seems like it was just yesterday. You could have heard a pin drop in the room the entire time, <laughs> and there was not a dry eye in the house after the talk.
1: <laughs> yeah. I sort of missed it too. Like I was on my own. I totally had no no idea what was going on. <laughs> yes.
0: I, that's why I wanted to reiterate it for you so that you could take that in again because it really was a stunning, stunning talk. And the talk, um, everyone, you'll hear it um, right after we do these this little pre-interview. You'll hear the entirety of the talk and then you can go and watch the talk. But um, the talk is about Um, Chick's journey healing the relationship with his father and I just wanted to check in now five months later and just see um, how that is going now and also if there's anything else any other any other tips that you have because what we share on this podcast is tips on how to take care of our hearts and if you have and and we're chick, I didn't say this right up front. Is a transgender artist, and he is a major inspirational force for many cha- transgender people. And so I just wanted to see if there's anything else that you wanted to say to your brethren and sistren who maybe is <laughs> and, and other. Work. <laughs> what did you say? What did you say? And otheren and <laughs> other sisters and, sister and other who might be embarking on this journey. So welcome, Chick, and rock and roll. Thank you.
1: Well, I guess I could talk about just really quickly, like where things are at with my father. Um, we have a standing phone call once a week. So we are more connected now than we've ever been. So that's really great. I'm...
0: Can I just interrupt and just say that A lot of kids and their parents don't have that. I had that with my dad, too, before he passed away. But a lot of people don't necessarily have that. And considering where your relationship came from, my God, that is extraordinary.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was a person who didn't have that. And he was a person who didn't have that either. We didn't have each other through pretty much all my teenage years and my adult life up until current times. (laughs) Um, But it's... it's uh, I recognize that a lot of trans people don't have connections with their families of origins. Uh, But I guess I would just say that, I mean, he pretty much blew my mind and came around. So maybe there's hope. Maybe there's hope. I don't know. If If that's something that everybody wants, of course. If it's not, it's not, I guess. That was something that I did want. What was the other part of your question? It was uh, (laughs) tips for uh, my
0: (laughs) tips for others who have who are about to embark on that journey or are in the middle of that journey and who maybe the bottom line is we'll give a little bit of a teaser here. I mean, of of a um, spoiler alert, I should say um, that um, the talk is about. The, the healing of that relationship. And obviously it came out the good side, but you still will want to hear the story because it's such a great story. It's such a great journey that they went on together and that they're still on. But for, for people that are about to embark on that journey or, and, or maybe they haven't told their parents yet, for instance, yeah. you know?
1: I mean, it's scary. As a, I mean, I've been there. I was really afraid. And so I imagine that that's scary for a lot of people. Uh, it's a big commitment to a come out and live out and then it's a big commitment to commit to you know hormone replacement therapy and to act to actually go through a medical transition not everybody decides to do that but um, both of those things are are huge society doesn't uh, tell you that you're great to be around when you're a trans person for the most part <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. but so it's scary you know you hear a lot of negativity out in the social sphere and social media and stuff. There's a lot of positive stuff too, but it's a big, it's a big commitment, but I would say, you know, ultimately you have to, you have to take care of yourself. And in my experience, I was closeted the whole time until I was 45 years old. I didn't tell anybody except for, except for my significant other. And it caused me a lot of uh, grief and pain that, that keeping that secret down, keeping a lid on it, you know, now that I'm out, that pressure is relieved, even through all the stuff that was frightening. You know, I was just thinking about that today, like all, all that stuff that was frightening uh, had been preventing me from being out and had me convinced that I could never transition. I mean, it wasn't even a blip on my radar. And uh, because it was just complete impossibility. But now that I have walked through that, I'm so much freer and I'm out of my own way in every sense. Like I'm, I'm, I'm creating art again. I'm writing again. I'm, and I'm not burdened with this core insecurity that I had about myself when I was closeted with this, and and it was, uh, I guess it was, uh, you know, I felt covered over by this body that didn't represent me, and keeping the secret, so there was all that anxiety around there, but then when I was able to let that stuff go, and remove that body stuff out of my way, I don't know, somehow the, somehow the, the, uh, the confidence that I never had, I was able to finally have, so I used to I used to try to create, but I was also really shapeshifter-y about it. Whatever somebody needed would be what I created for them. It wasn't generated from who I am and this is my work and this is the work that I do. I was always trying to sort of fit square peg, round hole kind of thing. But now uh, now that I don't have these obstacles in my way and...
0: I just want to say that you just gestured in front of where breasts used to be. It's hilarious.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those are gone. Oh my gosh. It's almost like, it's so crazy. It's almost like I've never, never had them.
0: Yeah, it is like you never had them. It's even like that to me as your friend who knew you with them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's
1: weird. It's, It's so, it's so weird and awesome and great and for as much strife as they gave me. It's almost like they never existed. So it's pretty cool. But
0: uh, you just said something that I wanted to ask you a follow-up question on, which is that you finally kind of grew the balls, so to speak, um, to to actually step, walk through the fear. Oh, yes. Is there anything specifically that you can point to that helped you grow those balls?
1: (laughs) Somebody said to me, this is not your practice life. And for some reason – even though I might have heard that in some version of that earlier than when it really struck me, but it really struck me, this is not my practice life. And am I going to live the rest of my life as this closeted secretive shapeshiftery existence that was very painful? Or am I going to, <laughs> can I cuss?
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> am I going to fucking do it? You know, am I going to do it? I'm going to fucking do it. This is not, your, this is not my practice life. It's not your practice life. This is the one you get. And um, I just couldn't bear the thought of spending one more fucking second being this person that I wasn't, you know, having to. So
0: your, your tennis shoes, your brand would be. Not just do it, but fucking just do it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm gonna have to pitch that over to Nike. <laughs> See if they like it. <laughs> it. May seem familiar to them, but a little more hard edge. Right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I mean, that's that's an incredibly helpful thing to do. Just jump, just jump, and you know, yeah. You're- I had no
1: idea. I had no idea. Like, I mean, I was convinced if I left it would all fall to pieces. It's been absolutely the opposite. It's been the total polar opposite. I'm way happier. I'm way more productive. I don't, uh, I I do things as myself um, and with a confidence that I never, ever experienced before. And I just think that that kind of being able to step outside of that wrapping I was in and not have that kind of like it was kind of like an assault you know feeling like assaulted all the time like I mean it's it's weird it's it's really weird to just to try to describe what it's like to have everybody in the world interact with you based on what your outward solely on what your outward appearance is when that is when that doesn't represent who you who you actually are it's really I don't know why it's so stressful but it's really stressful
0: No, it is like an, it is like an assault. It's like, um, and I do the same thing with my weight. Like you're not okay at the weight you are, you know, like I'm beating myself up constantly, but it's, it's way, way deeper than that. Obviously mine is a superficial example, but. But they're similar.
1: They're very similar. Like gender dysphoria. I mean, in my experience, because I used to think that what I was experiencing was what it was body dysmorphia, but I, but I put all my attention on the weight side of it so that I wouldn't have to look at the gender side that was always lurking in the background. Like, I cannot let that be true. You know, I cannot let that out. I cannot tell anyone. And I absolutely cannot do anything about it. So I'm gonna have to like get on board with what this is and just try to make this work. But I realized I don't have to fucking do that. I didn't have to do that. And for anyone out there who is struggling with this, feeling alone like you don't have to do that either
2: Mm -hmm. If you don't want to
1: fucking do that you don't have to fucking do that I mean it's not that there aren't risks with how your family is going to accept you or your friends but it really made all the difference in the world for me to actually be authentic to be real really who I am because nobody had access I didn't have access to it either but nobody had access to who I actually was you know
0: yeah you talked about taking care of yourself and I I feel like one of the things that I've heard you talk about consistently is community, is creating um, community. Oh,
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. You got to, you definitely uh, benefit from having people in your life who have your back, who understand you, who don't give a shit about superficial things about you, you know, like people that are solid in your life. Like that's really important. And there is a, a, a social media uh, world of trans people who are connected through social media all over the world. So there is, and that, and that's when I was first considering all of this coming out and would I transition. I went to that community, that online community to get information, to find support, to realize that, Oh my God, I'm not, I'm not the only person. And, and, uh, there are more of us
0: than I thought. Mm, that's a good, that's a good thing for people to hear. I think. Yeah. yeah. And even to, to get information about things like where to get your breasts removed, right? Like the most.
1: Yeah. And what procedures and hoops you have yeah. to currently leap through in order to have a, a gender affirming surgery, you know? Because you do have to in certain states and you have to there are certain requirements and that you have to talk to a therapist and stuff like that, uh, that, you know, to uh, let them know that you're not actually out of your mind. (laughs) (laughs) But but, uh, you know, which I personally think that that's discriminatory, but um, yeah, but that's currently how it is right now.
0: No, actually being out of my the body that I want has made me out of my mind until now. Now I'm in my body. Now I'm in my body. Now I want to be in my body and I am absolutely in my right mind. Right on. <laughs> I understand. I would think that I would that would make me so angry to have to go defend that yeah, to a mental health professional.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's kind of a it's it's a weird thing. Um I mean, I think the I think things are kind of turning, you know, making a turn now. So it's getting less and less.
0: And just to note, we're in California, which one would think would be one of the most liberal states in terms of this kind of work. But that in California, that was demanded of you.
1: Yeah, I had to have a doctor sign off and uh, uh, had to go to group therapy to, uh, to prove, I guess, that it was okay for me to have a chest surgery. But if I wanted to have basketball size boobs, no problem. <laughs> Actually, mine were kind of almost that big, but not as buoyant where <laughs> they were removed.
0: And here we come back to Nike with fucking just to take them off.
1: get these off of me. Just fucking do it.
0: Okay, um, I just want to ask you um, one final question, and then you can add anything else that you want to add. But I just uh, I, I I want to state something and then ask you something. I have just you talked about now you're creating art, and I have just watched your art over the course of this transition become more and more and more and more and more and more, and more exalted. It is unbelievable, Chip. <laughs> Unbelievable Thank you so Tell them about where you are currently with your art, where they can find your art and, and also just anywhere that they can find you and are you open to talking to people if, if they need if they need some advice also? Are you open to that kind of thing? Uh, I am
1: I am okay. um, The best place to really get me on social media is Instagram. Um, I am on Facebook and Twitter but I, I, I really focus on my Instagram and my handle there actually my social media media handle everywhere is T chick photo that's photo with a pH, not an F. Um, yeah. And I'm happy to, you know, share my experience with anybody who uh, needs to know they're not alone. And there are many more of us than you might think. And then if you want to look at some of my, um, some of my stuff, you could go to dot and there's an, Art tab in there, you could go to the art tab and, and actually I have uh, oh yeah, I should mention this because if you listen to the talk that I give after this there in my in the art page of my uh, website are the photographs that I took of that where that talk sort of generated from so
0: yeah that and that wasn 't up at the time of the talk, so that 's one of the reasons why I wanted to come full circle with this too, because having the experience of seeing that art is. Amazing. I'll put yeah. it in the notes. The All direct right, cool. link to those pictures. That's a good idea. But, <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to say about this coming into your into your body and to your into your own creative fully fully expressed self?
1: uh Oh yeah, fully expressed. That's it. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like I'm on a fucking rocket ship. <sighs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm out of my. I'm out of my way. Finally. And finally, like I'm out of my way and I'm free to go, you know, I'm free to go. And I'm, and I'm way less apologetic about it. Cause I feel like, I feel like before it was all like my apologies and my trying to fit something that I wasn't and this chameleon thing. And now I'm not doing that and I'm not sorry about it. And I say that with pride.
2: <laughs> pride <laughs> baby. Should
0: really, truly, I mean, you are on a rocket ship, and it's just like, just in these five months, it's unbelievable, it's literally almost exactly, tomorrow is five months exactly, you have catapulted, it's just like, wow, baby.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's really weird, the, the, I kind of am looking at the new stuff, you know, those are like landscapes, like, they're land, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of them as, as landscapes, they're also cityscapes, and when you, you Or taking long exposure, depending on how fast you're going, you can erase things. So like if I'm driving through downtown LA at a high velocity, Mm -hmm. they just, the the buildings disappear. So it's kind of like a return to the land, like a return to the foundation. Yes. And I think that I have done that with my family. I did that with my father. And then I'm doing it now with my mother. And so I think that that new work, even though it's landscapes and it's not like so obvious you know it's uh it feels like that that's part of the story too like it's returning to you know an art it's like landscape is this huge thing of art like you, you know this it's it's one of the foundations of visual art and I'm there I don't know I don't know exactly yet but it has something to do with like returning to my roots
0: wow that's beautiful beautiful thank you and now everybody we welcome you to listen to T. Chick McClure's amazing Love Forward Talk from November 11th, 2018. Hi, everyone.
1: So um, I've spent my whole adult life trying to forgive my father for destroying my mother. It was one of those spectacular 80s divorces, and my impossible fury over it could not be quelched. Is that a word? Quelled. (laughs) Couldn't be extinguished since then. (laughs) It was him who shattered my mom into a million pieces. It was him who pushed her off the precipice of sanity into a deep, dark abyss of depression and hoarding. When I was 15 years old, I watched my mother fall apart. I watched her disintegrate right before my very eyes. And we were then slowly overcome by a growing horde of dogs, filth, cockroaches. And she blamed my father, and I blamed him too. I was also afraid of his extreme conservative thinking and his need for everyone to be a certain way, especially for his need for me to be a certain way. Uh, Straight, conservative, Christian, and a woman. If you've read the program or heard the program just now, you'll know that I am none of those things. (laughs) I am a bleeding heart liberal who believes in love, not God, who is more queer than straight, and more man than the woman I never was. I'm an artist and an activist, and I'm transgender. This is not exactly what my father ordered off the menu. (laughs) Trying to navigate through his limited spectrum caused me to become a shapeshifter. As I grew up, I knew more and more that I wasn't what my father wanted. And those were the thoughts that I could bear the least. I wanted his love so badly, but I didn't think I could have it the way that I was. I didn't think I could have it unless I could change on the fly. Like lightning, I would reorganize my molecules into some bizarre, distorted version of myself. Uh, not an artist, not tender-hearted, and sure as shit, not a tranny freak, which is the only language that I had for it at that time. I would become sort of a featureless mound of flesh, always agreeable, without opinions, in need of nothing and quiet most of the time, But on the inside, my rage would boil, condensing my feelings of despair into life-killing acid. My inauthenticity, this dishonest way of being with him, was intolerable, so I avoided it. It would be a year, two years, or more between visits with my father. And when I did make the time, it was only out of obligation, not for want. It was about the appearance of being a good daughter. Not since my parents' divorce had I spent one single second with him because I wanted to be there. And every moment I spent with him was torture because I couldn't be myself and I couldn't stop lying about who I was. So, earlier this year when he invited me to go on a two-week road trip through Utah... (laughs) I immediately said, yes. (laughs) For the months leading up to this trip, I imagined what it was going to be like being trapped in this car, uh, driving through endless beige deserts, listening to Fox News without end, and enduring hours upon hours of exhausting shape-shifting. But wait, there's more. (laughs) While I had already come out as trans with my father, this trip would mark the first time that he would lay eyes on me since I began transitioning. My physical changes had taken place in the two and a half years it's been since I last saw him, since uh, someone that he knew as his daughter began looking like his son. As the time approached, I decided a few things. One... I would not let myself shape shift, no matter how, how hard the urge was. I would be authentic, not perfect, but I would be authentic. I would give him the opportunity to know the real me. And I hoped that we could see each other anew for who we actually are, who I actually am, who he actually is. More than anything, I wanted to achieve that to reclaim the fun and understanding that we shared when I was a little child, before all these heaps of emotional garbage got in the way. I wa- and I wanted to go in free from my story about him. He's a Trump supporter, he's a Fox News listener, he's blah, blah, blah. Like, I wanted to just leave that aside. Two, I decided I would give him a wide berth with my pronouns. I got myself emotionally steady and prepared <laughs> um, to hear the wrong ones from him, which is something I don't really tolerate in other people. <laughs> uh, and if he misgendered me, I had a plan. If he, just, if he misgendered me in front of somebody that seemed maybe dangerous, I would lean in and whisper, he thinks I'm my sister. LAUGHTER It was important to me to give him room to journey through the transition that had been two and a half years for me, but for him would become real in an instant. And three, I prepared myself to hear my old name over and over and over and over again. And while that name makes me shudder, I wanted to extend him kindness. I wanted to guide him along the path that I've taken with a gentle hand And I wanted to give him room to mourn the loss of the daughter he thought I was and to meet his son for the first time. Okay, so the plan. (laughs) The plan is we're gonna meet in Salt Lake City. We're gonna rent a car and we're gonna start driving. (laughs) I arrive first and I go to the hotel with three full hours to wait and stew. So because I'm anxious, I decide it's going to be best if I take a nap. (laughs) Off the plane, he calls me cussing in the old familiar way. He can't get his GPS to work, and he can't find the hotel. And he sounds angry to me, and now I'm nervous. What have I agreed to? (laughs) Can I change my mind? Can I change my flight? Can I change the person who I call my father? He arrives and wants to meet in the lobby. It's go time. It's the moment of truth. I suck in all the air in my room into my lungs and slowly blow it out. I look at myself in the mirror. And it's new. It's new for me to recognize myself. Before, all I could see were female traits covering me over. Now I finally see someone who looks like me. Bearded, broadened, and totally boobless. (laughs) Which is a super good thing, let me tell you. (laughs) Um, Okay, so as I get off the elevator, I can see him outside smoking a cigarette. And he looks up and... We lock eyes, and in that moment, in that instant, there was an acknowledgement that happened. It was so subtle as to not really be noticeable by any other person, but it was powerfully present. It was like blue electricity sparking between electrodes. It is a moment of seeing and being seen, And for the first time in over 30 years, I suddenly feel normal, like I'm not distorted. I'm not a shapeless mound of flesh. I feel tall and confident in my body and perfectly okay with being me. For the first time in his presence, I wasn't trying to figure out who to be. It is beautiful, this trip, sitting in this car, While my father drives us through Utah's deserts, riding for hours watching the landscapes roll by, and it is magnificent, not beige. (laughs) It's painted in intensities of red and purple and orange, blue and sage green. It is majestic with huge rocks and boulders, clamoring out of the hard clay reaching for the sky. I have my camera and all my lenses, and I'm like, pull over here. And he's like, missing the mark by 20 feet. (laughs) And I'm like, that's okay. I'm gonna take a picture of this poorly composed photo anyway. (laughs) When the sun is setting, it's time to seek out the perfect chicken fried steaks (laughs) and budget motel rooms. Sharing a room with your dad, who's not wearing any underwear at night, (laughs) is maybe a little unfavorable, but we're just a couple of dudes sharing a cheap motel room until daylight. (laughs) I ask if any part of seeing me appear so differently has been hard for him, and he says, it really hasn't been as hard for me as I thought it would be. And I say... I was so afraid when I told you that I was transgender that you wouldn't want to be my father anymore. And he said, Hun, there's nothing in the world you could ever do that would cause me not to love you. It occurs to me how a trip like this could seem so boring like, oh God, we're going to sit in a car for two weeks. We're going to listen to 50s doo-wop songs all day, every day. How could that not be dull? But there wasn't a single fucking breath of it that was boring. Every moment was profound. Having the privilege to make this relationship journey with my dad, to know my dad again, to get back where we started from, from the dark places we've been, that's a miracle, Because I chose to transition, people like to talk with me a lot about my journey. (laughs) And all I can really say is that we're all in a journey in life, all of us. And I think that my father was an unaccepting and aggressive kind of person. But he's on a journey too. And while I've evolved, I don't think that I allowed... Him to change also. I'm not saying every person develops who can accept their child as transgender because many people don't, but he did and he showed me. The trip is almost through. We're hanging out at the airport when he turns to me and says, I wanted to ask you, when the time comes, do you want to take my medals? And I get that those medals are his life's highest achievements. His service in the Navy and those medals are his whole identity. His whole life has been in service to this country. And I'm suddenly struck with thoughts of his mortality. Thoughts about losing him all over again. And I look at him and confirm in my head that, yes, he does look old to me now. And now I'm trying not to sob in the middle of the airport. <clears throat> we just got here, you know. We just got here. We just fucking got here, and how sad this is going to be one day. I'm walking him to the gate, and thank God there are TVs and phones to distract me (laughs) while I'm trying to keep it together and keep myself from bawling. They call for his flight to start boarding, and I just turned to him. I hugged him, and I repeatedly said, I just love you. I just love you. I just love you, and I'm so glad that we got to take this trip together. And he seemed stunned. And at that moment, all the mountains of crap that I have spent my whole fucking life wading through was replaced with true forgiveness. Getting absorbed by people swarming to board the plane, he lost sight of me, but I could see him looking. And when we did find each other again, we just said something dumb like, text you when you get home. (laughs) I really had felt all my life that if he knew certain things... Or that if I was a certain way, he wouldn't want to be my father anymore. But that belief was obliterated, and there's no residual of it left. I know one million percent that he's there no matter what. He's just my fucking dad. He's not ashamed of me. He's not the person I believed couldn't handle it. And I'm so glad that I get to have my dad in my life. I love you, Dad.